The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. You know, there's a, a word that shows up in the Psalms, and it's a word with a, that has a musical connotation attached to it. It's the word selah. You'll, you'll read through the Psalms, and you'll, you'll come upon this word selah, and it's a word that as best they can tell is a word that indicates a pause in a musical score. It's just a, a moment to pause, drink in, and reflect on what has just happened, the presence of the Lord that has just come down. And so I feel like this is just a Selah moment. Can we just press in to this Selah moment? Close your eyes. The presence of the Lord is here. Jesus, we welcome you. You are the guest of honor tonight. You are the centerpiece of this feast. And you've invited us to the table. You've given us a seat at the table. You call us your beloved. You tell us that we are the apple of your eye. Your word says that before we were even knit together in our mother's womb, that you had put us together, you had stitched us together, picked out a map, a road map for our lives. You placed good works in our path for us to walk in. Preordained this moment in eternity past as a divine appointment for us to meet with you. Don't let it pass by, Lord. Let this become a thin place, like the Puritans talked about, a place where the veil between heaven and earth becomes thin, and we can peer through and see into the spiritual realm things that really, truly matter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was good. Man, God is good. All the time. Man, it's so fun to worship with you guys. And this party is going to continue. The worship team is going to come back out in just a few moments, and they're going to lead us in some more worship. But you probably noticed that we have a couple of tubs up here with some wonderfully chlorinated, warm, San Diego, godly purified water. And I'm just curious, by show of hands, how many of you are planning on getting baptized tonight? Awesome. I can't see that while I see these some hands. Let's celebrate louder than that. Come on, folks. It should be obvious why we are all so excited. But just in case you're wondering what the big deal is, we're kind of fans of this guy named Jesus. He lived 2,000 years ago. He lived a singularly unique life. He was born to a virgin. He did things that no man ever did before or since. He spoke with clarity and authority and love and compassion. He had a way about him that was compelling and attractive. 
People wanted to be near him. People who were nothing like him really liked him. And what's even more surprising than that is he really liked people who were nothing like him. He was a holy man, but he hung out with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes. He earned a reputation as someone who was common with the, the sinners, who would hang out with sinners. Pharisees had a big problem with that. But Jesus didn't seem to mind about his reputation. He just moved in the love of God, and he would seek out the lost and the lonely and the hurting. He went up to the blind and opened their eyes. He went to the lepers who were the outcasts of society. People who, wherever they went, they were forced to cry out, unclean, unclean, stay away. And Jesus would approach them, and he would reach his hand out, and he would touch them, and he would heal them. He walked up to people who had never walked in their life. They were lame from birth, and he raised them up on their feet. There was one time when a woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the religious crowd wanted to stone her as they had the right to do so under the law. And Jesus said, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. And then they all walked away, and you know the story. He looked at her, and he said, woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, they're gone, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He told stories about the father's heart, the heart of a father who goes in search of the one lost lamb and runs after the prodigal son. He's a God who's abounding in said, A God whose heart is for us. A God who loves us deeply with an everlasting love. And then Jesus was taken by his enemies and he was put on a cross and he hung there for six hours. And while he was there, he prayed for the very people who had put him on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then he cried out, into thy hands I commit my spirit and he gave up the ghost and he was buried for three days. But then on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead. Somebody say amen. And it's that day that marks the turning point of all human history. We mark our calendars by things that either happened before Jesus came or since he came because he lived a life that no one else could live. He, he lived the life that, that you, God wanted you to live, but you were unable to live. And then he went to the cross for you, for me, for us. He died the death that we deserve. He died in our place. He absorbed our guilt and our shame and our sin. And then he rose triumphant from the grave and he offers us life. He offers us forgiveness. He gifts us his righteousness. To all who place their faith in him, he gives the right to be called the children, the sons and the daughters of God. Amen. So that's why we're pretty jacked up tonight. That's why we're excited. Because our Savior lives. He is a risen Savior. And he's a God who's still active. He is moving. He is still healing. He is still saving souls. Praise God. And then before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gathered his disciples and he said to them, these were his marching orders to them. He said, now I want you to go. Go to the ends of the earth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you even till the end of the age. And so they went out, and these were their marching orders to baptize new disciples, to bring them to faith. And then in an act of obedience, Jesus calls us to identify with him in baptism. So for those of you who are about to get baptized, what is it all about? Why are we doing this? What is the significance? What's the meaning? Really, there's, there's two things that I got this from my brother-in-law, Sean, and I think it's great. Number one, <laughs> when we get baptized, we're testifying to the world that we belong to Jesus. So it's a, it's a testimony to the watching world that you belong to Jesus, kind of in the same way that I wear this wedding ring. And baptism doesn't save you, and this wedding ring doesn't make me married, but it's a, a symbol, an outward symbol of an inward commitment that I've made to my wife. It's a, a reflection of those vows. In the same way, when you get baptized, when you go under the water, it's a way that you're testifying to the world. Everyone's going to say, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I've seen this before. They're those Christians. That's what Christians do. It's a, it's a testimony. We're testifying that we belong to Jesus. And the other thing you're doing when you get baptized is you're identifying with Jesus. You see, Jesus, he wasn't ashamed to identify with us. He took on skin and bones. He tabernacled among us, the Bible says. He walked a mile in our shoes so that he knows what it's like to be tired and to be hungry and, and to be betrayed and to hurt and to be lonely. He knows what it feels like. And he identified with humanity, even to the point where he was baptized. And he fully embraced that humanity, never setting aside, he didn't stop become, being God. He was fully God, but he became fully human in order that he might identify with us. And now he asks us to identify with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, which is what baptism pictures. Listen to these verses. This is Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. Paul wrote, Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck, anybody ever been stuck before? When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive. Say amen. amen. Right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. This is the picture in baptism. We're identifying with Jesus, and we're saying when Jesus died on that cross, he died for my sins. He absorbed my guilt. When he was buried, it was my death too, and now the life that I now live, I live it by faith in the Son of God through the power of the resurrected Christ. So with all of that being said, I'm going to pray for those of you who are getting baptized, and then the worship team is going to come out and um, play a couple of songs that's going to give those of you who need the time to go get changed. We have a bathroom right over here or another one over there. There's one in there. And if you haven't already put your suit on or whatever, uh, that would be the time to do that. We have t-shirts for you guys up here uh, that you can grab. And they say, I have decided. What have you decided? People are going to want to know. I've decided I'm a Christ follower and I want the whole world to know. We're not ashamed of him because he wasn't ashamed of us.
And we're all going to celebrate with you, and, and we're going to have cameras. So if you're kind of towards the back and you think you won't be able to see, don't worry. We're going to stream it right up here. Your friend's getting baptized in 4K high def. It's going to be rad. <laughs> but maybe you're here tonight, and you weren't planning on getting baptized, and, and this is your night, too. You see, some of you, God is stirring your heart right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off until tomorrow. And if you feel the conviction of the spirit, and if you hear the knock on the door of your heart, that's Jesus saying, let me in and I'll change you from the inside out. I'll remove that guilt that you've been carrying around like a heavy backpack. I'll remove your shame. I'll wipe the slate clean. I'll give you a future that's forever and I'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life so that you can have peace when you go to bed tonight knowing that your last breath on earth will be followed by your first breath in heaven. God wants to give you all that. You say, what do I have to do? You just have to receive him into your heart. And it would be so cool to see you get baptized tonight. We're going to celebrate with you. It's going to get loud. It's going to get rowdy. And if it doesn't, I'm going to come after you. <laughs> but let's pray. Father, we, we want to lift up those who are getting baptized and those who are wrestling with the decision right now. Lord, maybe, maybe there's some here who they confessed uh, or professed faith in you, but they haven't yet taken that op- obedience step. And it's an important step of obedience in our faith journey. Lord, I pray that you would tip the scales in their lives tonight. And it would be that definitive watershed moment for many tonight, that it would be that memorial stone, that Ebenezer stone, Lord, that from this day forward, they would be able to look back on this date and say, this is the day that I publicly professed my faith in Jesus. I identified with him. I testified in front of everybody and I celebrated with my Christian brothers who I'm going to spend eternity with. If you need to receive Christ tonight, this is your moment too. All you have to do is invite him in. He'll do the rest. You surrender. You say, Jesus is Lord. Because if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then the Bible says you are saved. Praise the Lord. We thank you for the new life in this church. Lord, we thank you that we're a part of a church where people meet Jesus regularly. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There's nothing better, nothing more exciting than new life. And so we celebrate that tonight, and we worship you, King Jesus, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. We don't want to hold anything back. We give you all of us, Jesus, because you gave us all of you. And you didn't hold back from us. And even now, you're reaching out in love to a world that stiff arms you and holds you at arm's length. And you say, if you would only receive my love. And as we look at that hand that's stretched out towards us, It's a hand that bears the marks of a nail. But you were bruised so that we might be blessed. You were stripped that we might be robed in your righteousness. Jesus, you were crucified that we might be crowned with glory. You were forsaken that we might be filled Help us to receive that gift tonight. Praise your name, holy Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our midweek revive service held Wednesday evenings. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.